Let thy soul be awakened. Yeah, okay. we're just going in. I'm just pressing it. We'd, we just we put on the discussed. microphones. We're, we're not even doing a sound check. Oh, wait, is the card in? It's in, it's in. Yeah, I already you checked. Sure? I'm, I'm positive. Check. Yeah. Okay. Uh, in case we record a whole episode to realize that the SD card is Mars there. dominant. You're like, let's do this thing. You're an Aries. I don't know what your deal is. Yeah, I don't know. Aries is ruled by Mars. I'm really good when I'm supporting you purchasing something. Because I'm like, you're like, should I do it? I'm like, yeah. You have helped me buy like, a lot of crap. Should we get cookies after lunch? I'm like, yeah, of course. Actually, you brought up the cookies. <laughs> you wanted like vegan cashew cake. Yeah, I didn't know it had cashews on it. Um, I mean, nothing on cashews. Yeah. Nothing uh, on vegans either. Uh, no, somehow we got to tie in the vegan death cult in every episode. <laughs> yeah. Vegans, donuts, Virgos. We're still in uh, Virgo season for a few more minutes here. Actually, this season flew by. It will be, by the time this airs, we'll basically be hitting Libra season, which okay. start, is the equinox. The equinox starts in Libra. So right. the early release people, you'll still be listening. Um, you get into Libra, I don't even feel like it. You don't want to get into Libra season? It's a hard sign to like make fun of in a weird way. Make fun of yeah. Libra. I they guess don't... I guess the only thing about Libra is that they could just be really superficial. That's kind of like the... I mean, among other things. Among other things. There's plenty of things. It just will come to me deeper in the season. I'll harp on Libras. I, I, have, a, I have a confession. I think the worst like girl fight I've ever gone into, which is just, it's not like physical obviously um but it was with a libra we know how to get it under each other's skin well libra and aries are opposites yeah we just kept going and going with a never-ending argument that's a great story <laughs> see you're not even the story of libra is interesting you're like oh you're in an argument yeah Okay. That's pretty much it. <laughs> but also, also my Libra friend from high school um, was the first one that like introduced me to a, a charcuterie plate. That like has nothing plate. to do with Libra. <laughs> All right, stop. I don't. When you start teaching astrology, my blood pressure <laughs> goes up, and it gets annoying because it's just way off. Well, it has nothing. Shh, wait, can shh, I say one no, thing? Shh, <laughs> shh, shh. Okay. We're still in Virgo season. I need my Virgo perfect piece. Mm, sure. Libra is bigger, better party. They're uh, rapid. Right. They're insecure. And they're just moving on to whatever titillates them the next. And it's Libra's life is like the flower of death and love. That's like, he loves me. He loves me not. Oh, he yeah. loves me. He loves me not. And that's about as deep of an oracle as a Libra gets. Stop. Like if you go get a reading from like a Libra, they're just going to pull out a flower and be like, he loves you. He loves you not. He loves you. He loves you not. Yeah. And then they start just saying, he loves Should me. I? He loves <laughs> me not. You're like, wait, this is my yeah, reading. Then they try to take <laughs> over and right. then they're like, he's hot for me. And then they like bat their eyelashes and they're like, look at me. I'm a pretty Libra. Right. Libras are really pretty. And I, it is a pretty sign. Yeah. Generally speaking. Yeah. Um, they're usually like wide eyes, batty eyelashes, 
smiles, but they're deathly flirtatious. They will kill you. <laughs> Air signs will kill you. Libra, Gemini, Aquarius. Oh, uh, my God. Everyone, well, Scorpio will kill you. Yeah. And enjoy it. Right. And the rest of your family. Um, and mm-hmm. not get caught. And no one will know. And they'll think it was the Libra. Or right. the cancer. Or the cancer. Um, I still think that statistic is really funny that most serial killers or killers or whatever or cancers, most presidents are Aquari- have been Aquarius. Really? Can't, I feel like we've mentioned that. Yeah. Could we be giving birth to a president, a future president? Oh, if he sets his mind to it. <laughs> I always think about that notion. You hear like, you know, you could be anything you want to be. Like, no point in time. Like, I, I don't find that's true. I don't mm. want to give false hope, but I simultaneously want to be encouraging. Right, right. Maybe. If, I mean, if that's like, I mean, president's better than a middle school teacher. I'll okay. be proud. Yeah. Well. You never mentioned in the last episode when you asked me, what would I not want our kid, our son, to grow up to be as far as a profession, I'm assuming that's uh-huh. what you meant. But you never answered that question. Well, I don't have to answer that question. You're afraid of offending somebody. Um, yes. Well, I'm just, I don't want to offend our child because if he really wants to pursue something, I support it. No, the, he's, trust me, he's going to be bringing Probably these if he grows up to be like a podcaster, I'd probably be a little disappointed. <laughs> really? That was a joke. No, not, not at all. Fly. Everything's falling flat. <laughs> wow, that was a real riveting story about your Libra friend. Well, that's some argument there. Um, well, I didn't want to get into it in case she's listening. I didn't want to reopen that fight. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't really have. You know, maybe like. No, just admit you don't want to offend anybody. Now, yeah, you I were just don't want to offend anybody. That I offended somebody about, and then I got two messages from teachers, from middle school teachers, that said they laughed out loud. One of them would like spat out their drink. <laughs> so they know yeah. that I wasn't. Well, you're me. all the entertainment. I wasn't doing it in a mean spirited way. I just thought it was funny. <laughs> she got it. She actually was like. Uh, the school system's totally whack. Yeah. Um, you know, but of course, having a child, a magical child, you just, um, you know, help groom the kid to be, to fulfill their highest destiny. Right, exactly. Like, and if that's it, that's it. It doesn't matter. Anything else falls short anyway and would yeah. be unsatisfying and untrue. Right. There's so many tarot cards that hint at that. It feels like such a 3D question, too, because it's like, what is your job going to be? I know that's the dumbest thing. I don't understand that notion, and I never understood that notion as a kid. Yeah, I remember being asked that as like a five-year-old, and I was like, "Oh shit, I, like, I better come up with something." And I think I had a book on dinosaurs mm-hmm. when I was little. Like every child uh, has a book on dinosaurs, probably. And then when I learned that there was in first grade that there were some dinosaurs that were vegetarian. Yeah. I was like, what? Like, cause <laughs> you know, they seemed like mean monsters and you know, growing up on an ashram vegetarian. Mm-hmm. So I kind of, uh, I kind of resonated. So in the book you learned about what like an archeologist was. Oh yeah. I could see you as an archeologist. So that was just sort of the first career like, you know, finding, well, really, I didn't know that there was a paleontologist, mm-hmm. but uh, in my language is like five. So I started thinking archaeologist, but there, I, you know, yeah, I'm not, not an archaeologist. I think I just wanted to be a sophisticated woman. 
Really? That's just That's right sophisticated. <laughs> you're like, As I a want the penthouse suite at the Bowery. Yeah. Um, ooh, there's an alarm for our parking meter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no more L.A. parking tickets, by the way. I know. Knock on wood. We're still here for... Um, I got pretty good um, at uh, not getting tickets. But you have to park. You have to set an alarm. Mm-hmm. For like, I give myself like five to ten minutes, depending on how far away from the car. Wait, but you're the one that got the last ticket. I said <laughs> I've been pretty good. I didn't say I'm completely immune. Right. I don't have natural immunity <laughs> against parking tickets. Yeah. Gosh, if only there was something I could take for that. <laughs> um, It's just L.A. Anyone who is listening lives in L.A. I have pictures of parking signs that are so mind-boggling complicated Mm -hmm. as to the time. And remember we had a friend whose other friend was like, no, it's fine, you could park here, and then got their car towed. And then she took a picture, and not exaggerating, people in Los Angeles absolutely know what we're talking about here, but you'll park, and there will be maybe six signs with very complex directions of times of days and then depending on the day Mm -hmm. then there's like no like curbing i think it is like you can't park because they're like well they're street sweeping but then for traffic zones so like after four so between four and six you can't park you have to really read there's i'm not exaggerating there's a lot of fine print yeah with parking and then sometimes i'll just move out of the spots because i don't have the bandwidth to try to figure it out yeah um yeah it's really complicated and then driving too like to make left turns there's street signs there's like stoplights with instructions based on time of day so it'll be like no left turn between you know seven and nine a.m then later that day between three and six p.m you can't make a left in half of la like i've been stuck going so far out of the way not being able to make a left turn yeah me too that's like between yeah on melrose for instance between three and seven you can't yeah, turn Melrose left I, for like 15 blocks. It's crazy. Uh, Melrose, though, it is good for getting shot. Yeah. And mugged by oh, gunpoint. Melrose really took a quite, quite a an extreme turn between La Brea and especially La Brea and Fairfax. Yeah. But that which is our hood. Yeah. Like literally our hood. Like basically I'm kind of looking out the window and if I kind of just look around, I can essentially see melrose Mm -hmm. we can see it um and uh the signs the signs of leaving la are piling up oh my god well yesterday are we getting into it well i don't know you're gonna i didn't want to interrupt your your parking tangent (laughs) no um yeah there was an earthquake last night Oh, yeah. I thought that the was house pretty was funny. The shaking for like a straight minute, felt oh, like. Oh, it was not a minute. I guarantee it was like 10 seconds. It was happening for a long time. It was not. If that, No. No way it was a minute. I'm telling you, all these earthquakes, they're like 10 seconds. Well, plus. this brings me back to like the two timelines because I was on the phone with my friend who lives a mile up the road. And I was like, oh, my God, there's an earthquake. And then he didn't feel any of it. And he's like, oh, there was an earthquake where Gina lives. I'm like, no, no, no. You live like a mile away. You should have felt less than a mile away. Yeah, but remember the So biggest... I think he's on the other timeline. 
He could be. <laughs> I don't think so. I think he's on this timeline. Sometimes he, there are people shift absolutely shifting timelines and should becoming creepy. Yeah. Like where people are just walking. Like I don't. I'm just seeing too many prophecies come th- true. What if like you you know how like long distance calls were really expensive at one point what if you have to make like a time i remember jump that because i'm old enough no to i sort of do too but um who were you calling long distance when you were f- when i was seven? in italy no when i was in italy it was impossible to call this was before iphone smartphones well smartphones were a thing but it was cell phones pretty much mostly although you did have ro- roaming and stuff for a while yeah yeah no I it's had a still big- expensive to call in europe unless you like super upgrade your plan I accidentally made an $80 call, like, for, like, two seconds. Where? Still today. Oh. Okay. When? What are you talking about? When we were in Europe. Oh, okay. I'm saying it's still a thing, because you just, like, FaceTime, WhatsApp, things like that. Yeah. Which I, I deleted WhatsApp, even though I have all the other Facebook stuff. I know everyone makes a big pro. I'm deleting Facebook, but they're still like on Instagram all day, which is owned by Facebook. Right. Facebook owns WhatsApp. They're like, WhatsApp me. And I'm like, "Um, that's all monitored, even extra more so. Yeah. But what were you getting into? What was your story? Oh, no, I was just trying to make a joke (laughs) that that, um, we reach a point where we have to call someone and they're on the other timeline and the bill is like ridiculously expensive. (laughs) <laughs> um, that's actually that's a good sentiment. It has there's joke potential there. I would workshop it. Okay, and I like it. I like that premise yeah. and that concept. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, that's what you do with comedy. Like you kind of work it out, and then you have to think. Okay, what is it about that that would be fun? Is it weird to you? It's weird. Is it scary? Mm. Is it absurd? It's absurd. You know, does it anger you? Like, so kind of get into what is it? Why is that triggering you on some level? Then you find out where it's triggering you. And then you can put it next to your pronouns. (laughs) Um, But the comedy (laughs) is really on some level about getting triggered, at least in my little bit of training. Yeah. Um, Which I'd like because it really gets you thinking. Definitely. I couldn't, when I moved to LA, I thought, oh, these comedians are going to be really good. And nobody worked on anything. They would just get up there and sort of blech, a yeah. bunch of w- unthought out, unwritten material. Yeah. That uh, was was not, there was no wisdom or insight on anything. You know, I feel like my dad must have been coaching people on how to tell jokes because whenever he'd meet a new person, he would ask them, what makes you tick? And they'd be like, what? He's like, yeah, like what, what sort of like pisses you off? That would be like one of his first questions. What pisses you off? What makes you tick is what That's what ask. we should start asking little kids. Not, yeah. what do you want to be when you grow up? Yeah. And you're like, what? Like, um, I want to be like, a, you know, I want to be fulfilled in my destiny. Um, <laughs> I want to ask little kids now, like what pisses you off? Yeah. They'll, you'll probably get the best and greatest answer. The best. So that's if anyone meets Baby Donovan, ask, ask what what ticks you off. Right. Is a piss. I thought that was a. It's kind of it's borderline swear, isn't it? What ticks you off? No, it pisses you off. Yeah, Seems but he wouldn't crass. say piss. But he he says ticks. What what makes you tick? No, what makes you tick means what gets you going. What's like what's your inspiration? Uh, I always took it. No. Uh, I always I'm thought right. it was like what makes you tick. Like what drives you crazy. No, what ticks you off is what would drive you crazy. What makes you tick is like what gets you going. 
We should call my dad right no, now. No, we need a hotline <laughs> dispute for this. I, yeah, we'll I, have to get back. I'm pretty much, I'm right. Yeah. You're in there, I insist on being right. There was like two times you happened to be right. All right. Um, I'll get confirmation. No, everyone knows what what makes them tick is usually like, um, like, what inspires what why do you wake up in the morning right oh those sound like nightmare um i took this like online media class by some woman i actually still have to watch all the videos but i was like one of these overheard like i was listening to clubhouse and mm-hmm. she offered like a seven dollar course i was like all right seven bucks i'll support her work and yeah. she actually had a good marketing ploy though seven dollars and here's the live dates for 20 bucks you get all the recordings Mm, okay. So maybe we should do that. Yeah. Um. So I gave her 20 bucks, and I still haven't watched them. I figured there'd be something wise, but I managed to catch one of it, and it was like, oh, God, like muggles going to job interviews for regular jobs looks like oh. the biggest nightmare of all time. And the questions – all right, I apologize that this alarm is just possessed right now. I know it's my fault somehow, but um, <laughs> I'll own up to that. Uh, I think I was talking, so we can't even edit it. No. So, but it's like questions that like, I I feel like people probably have to deal with these interviews about like, you know, what inspires you? Where right. do you see yourself in five years? Mm-hmm. Like, um why do you you know basically why were you born what's your purpose what that was horrible yeah i i'm i'm trying to think of i i can't it's just those things make me really stressed out thinking about it all your job interviews you go on well no i the last job interview i went on was like 6 years ago <laughs> um well uh, la which is kind I've, of awesome la is a little different i'm going to miss so much about la and i love the magic and way a lot of things are negotiated yeah and um i was like interacting i actually did a reading for a friend of mine like on the east coast who i knew way before being known for any of this stuff and um, for like mystical stuff. And I, I could see, I was like, oh man, there's the East Coast restriction mentality is still alive and well. <gasps> but she's super sweet and amazing. But um, the things that, my experience of how everything's negotiated in LA was, it was very different. Yeah. I've never, uh, I showed one resume once, even when I was like looking for restaurant jobs and I was dropping off resumes. Um, I guess I did get my first job based on a resume. Okay. I had a restaurant resume. Yeah. Did you have a headshot? Yes. Really? Well, not like a. F- yeah, I had a, a business card for when I was doing stand-up comedy. Okay. Um, but I've negotiated a lot of like apartments. This was like the only place when we were getting this place where there were like credit checks and paperwork. Mm-hmm. Um, but generally. Everything seems to be, do you vibe somebody It's out? a vibe, yeah. Like, the first place I got to rent in Venice, like, I basically, like, came, was, like, rebuilding my life. I had, like, no money when I moved out here. And my credit was eh, questionable mm-hmm. at best. It may be even worse. But <laughs> I don't know how much do I reveal. But anyhow, um, I 
found this place to rent and I was like, oh, this will be perfect. It's right in Venice. And then I had just gotten this job at this restaurant in Abbot Kinney, mm. which is like a row of pretty swanky places. And yeah. I was working, oh, I'll mention the name. It's like sh- shut down and the owner died. Uh, oh, yeah. Joe's, which has been open. It was like a Michelin star restaurant. Um, and it was, it's been a famous spot forever. He's one of the, um, what the, uh, Miller, I forget. His last name is Miller. Um, it'll totally come to me. But anyhow, the chef, he was like one of the grandfathers of like California French cuisine. Oh. Um, it was top notch. I actually, that was the first place I applied and the first job mm. that I got. And, uh, so I did drop off a resume, but really the guy finally a month later and I was searching for jobs, the guy got a hold of me. He's like, yeah, you just seem like, you know, your stuff and you just seem cool. Yeah. So I was like, great. now I need a place to live. And I found this place and they wanted all this credit check. And I was like, shit. And then, you know, every, even if you rent a room, it's a thousand bucks. And then they mm-hmm. want first and last month. And then sometimes all of, at first, last and in security. And um, I emailed, I saw it, I was like, I'd love it. And the uh, property manager was like, well, just meet with the owner. He said he wanted to meet you, but it helped that I got a job at that place because that sort of vouched for me because they wouldn't just hire anybody there. So that definitely helped. But I got the apartment or the really it was a room, but it was kind of this swanky boarding place. It was it was all right. I met with the owner and he had all these little dogs and especially this one chihuahua and the chihuahua just runs up to me and wanted to hang out. And he, he was like, Whoa, he goes, you're the first person that, that my dog has never barked at. Hmm. And he's like, the room's yours. I feel like, wait, there's more. Oh, okay. And then (laughs) this is is, as intriguing as your argument with the Libra. Okay. So I was like, wait, well, okay, here's the deal. And then he's like, let me guess, you have no money. I was like, yes. He's like, "Eh, we'll figure it out. Oh. But that has been most of my negotiation experiences in Los Angeles. Yeah. So the dog didn't bark at me. Mm -hmm. And then I got the place. He didn't care about the money. I mean, I paid her, you know what I mean? It all worked out. He was a nice guy. So, um, that was that. I love that. Those that's are just like, LA those, negotiations. That's LA, yeah. It's like your job. You never showed a resume for yours. No, I didn't. I actually, I got an internship because my neighbor was like, what are you doing? And I was like interning with this, um, very eccentric Danish photographer. Um, and it really wasn't going to go anywhere. And then he was it's like, oh. The case <laughs> with Danish photographers. Yeah. And then he was like, well, he's like. He's like, I think you'd be good at um, film. He's like, why don't I connect you with my boss, who's a director, and then he's repped at this big production company. And I was like, okay. And then I went in for um, an interview, and the guy was just like, with the manager, and he was just like, yeah, all right. Like, he didn't even want to do the whole, like, where do you see yourself in five years? He was just like, kind of, he's like, all right, we're going to find you a desk, and now you have this internship. And then... uh I was in it for a little too long. I think I was there for like a year and a half. Is that an anonymous? Yeah, I was there for a year and a half. And um, and then I was like, this is what happened. This was the last time I, I had um, to answer questions about like a five-year plan. I was trying to get a desk job. So I was interviewing with 
different producers that needed desk assistance. And I, I kind of had a feeling I wasn't, I mean, I didn't really want to be in an office environment anyway. It just kind of felt a little stuffy. Uh, but I was like, I just, I just got to get out of this internship thing. And then, um, I had done all of these interviews and it was just, it's just so awkward. Like you're having to talk about your hobbies and what you're into, how you like to spend your free time. It's like, I had to like create hobbies out of thin air. Did you make one up? <laughs> yeah, because I had taken a crochet class. It's crochet? So, <laughs> so Is this like I, your love of scones? <laughs> I've never seen you eat a scone. Yeah, I took one. I've, I'll tell you this. I've been with you for a little, for a minute here. I've never seen you crochet shit. Okay, yeah, exactly. So I took one crocheting class. And it was like, it was a week before I had this interview. So I was like, oh, I'm getting really into crocheting. And she's like, oh. And then, of course, if you live in L.A., you could just say that one of your hobbies is hiking, which is just walking. I've never said that. Oh, okay. I've never been asked about my hobbies. Yeah, it was. It's it's kind of intimidating. I've kind of just had menial, meaningless jobs, really. Yeah. Uh, I well, ha- I didn't get any of those jobs, by the way. So I didn't. I didn't do a very good job <laughs> well, with my interview. Because you don't have good hobbies, she knew you were a fake crocheter. And then I. And then I had a. a Basically, I was just over it, and then uh, a job opened up with a director, and then I was like, this is great, and I was kind of, I was at the point where I was like, I'm just going to go in and have fun with the interview. I'm not going to be stressed out and try to present myself in a certain way, Um, and uh, coincidentally, I ended up wearing all black and red lipstick, because I was like, I'm just going to like go a little rock and roll, and then I show up to the house, and the house is painted black. The guy comes out. He's in all black with jet black hair his wife's in all black i'm like this is perfect i basically got hired on the spot <laughs> um oh, but we just had a conversation and that's that how i got the, hired the bla- that house gets none more black <laughs> yeah it was like there was tr- it was super goth house yeah it was great it's kind so, of a cool house it was really cool actually because Nicki minaj i wanted to be like this episode's brought to you by Nicki minaj Nicki minaj if you uh, imagine if she was listening to this <laughs> um i will give you a free reading <laughs> yeah. and you could take her workshop i know you have the money um yeah. but i just want the, i want the photo up Oh my God. But the woman this, who lived at the house, uh, B, she was her stylist. And do you remember there was a, I was a, it was either a music video or it was a Saturday Night Live for that, that video. And she wore that outfit and it was like Chung Lee, which is a, wasn't that the name of the song? Oh, yeah. Which is a video game character. Okay. Sort of an underdog. I think it was SNL or something. Yeah, and then everyone was freaking out that it was like cultural appropriation. Yeah. And uh, even then, I was like, Nicki Minaj is like, fuck, whatever. I don't even think she like gave it a moment's thought. No. But I met with B at her studio for something. I don't remember. I think she got like a gift certificate or something. And I was like dropping it off. And then all of a sudden, there's like fittings. And there was like a room full of six guys. And they were all dressed. There was like <laughs> ninjas and these masks. Yeah. And I'm like coming in. And I was like, <laughs> this is the stuff that is really cool about LA. Oh, yeah. And then you realized you saw the start of the costumes. And then you watch a show. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of cool to watch a show or a movie or a video. Video, and you're like either you know the person who designed all the costumes or yeah. you know and you had like privy like ahead of time but I didn't know what was going on and then 
Um, I didn't know all of a sudden I'd be like, yeah, hell yeah, Nicki Minaj, man. I know. Like standing up to the fucking man. Yeah. For real, the actual Just the for man. literally asking questions. Um, <laughs> yeah, about it. it uh, so, but you met her, didn't you? No, I've never okay. met her. She wouldn't let you on? Um, no, I think, I think at one point. I think they were like filming a documentary, but it wasn't, it wasn't like there was a lot of crew or anything. So I just, I thought you were part of that though. Yeah. But that was part of like the treatment and putting together like the you presentation behind the, scenes. behind the scenes, but I never met her. No, I actually, cause I didn't know who she was. And so I went down a web. She has a very interesting sound current though. Mm-hmm. She has a very like, I mean this in a compliment, like a very cutting, a very intense, very captivating voice. Uh, and she has a rhythm and a cadence that I yeah. have to say, I think she's actually quite talented. A hundred percent. Are you kidding um, me? She's been around for like 12 years. But it, she, it's a very distinct voice mm-hmm. that um, I'm intrigued by, honestly. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that's the stuff right, where that's not happening in fucking Vermont. No. Wait, I'll should tell I tell my, should I tell my, can I tell my first horrible job in LA? Are you, you literally asking me for permission here? Yeah. Well, I just no, want to know if you're, are you done with talking wanna... about LA or do you want to transition? No, I mean, no, <laughs> okay. I don't, you're asking if you could tell. I'm just, imagine if I just said no. <laughs> <laughs> well, all of, so I remember when I moved here, um, I was looking on Craigslist for jobs and, um, this wasn't my first job in LA. I catered at Warner Brothers, which was really cool because you're just on the Warner Brothers lot. But I was looking for like extra work. And I remember I saw this thing where it's like make $40 an hour. And I was like, what? 22 years old. I'm like, this would be great. And it's like, you only have to work one day or two days a week. I was like, this is awesome. So I sign up, I get invited to the interview. Did they ask you your hobbies? No, I don't remember how the interview actually went, but I do. Let me just tell you. So we, it was in Studio City and we go to this black box theater and it's like 40 women, only women. And we each have to introduce ourselves and then we have to interact with one another, but up on a stage. And, um, and only three women got chosen and I was one of them. So I'm like, this is great. Like, what is this job? Yeah, in LA. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Continue. Anyway, so we have to meet at this function hall in Torrance, and um, we go there, and we get it's for like a a seminar, and then after that, you go and you you do the job. So I get there, and and the job itself was that you have to go around to shopping malls, um, and. And you have to search for little children and ask them if they want to come for an audition for Disney. Was, was Joe Biden your boss? Oh, my God. <laughs> so I was like, what? And I get paired with this, like, really beautiful woman. I remember her name was, like, Jasmine. And we get paired together, and we're kind of like, this is a little weird, but, like, let's just – you hand them a flyer, and then they're supposed to show up um, back at that auditorium where we had the seminar. Uh, we went to a couple different places, but it kind of felt like we were stalking kids like through the aisles when they were, their parents were maybe looking at clothes. So we only went to one place and then we just ditched it and we went and we had like Mexican food and Oaxacan Mexican food. I don't know. 
But um, that was that was pretty much it. I was like, well, I you're can't, literally I can't do are this. stalking kids. You're stalking but I feel children. Like, was it really a thing for a thing, or was yeah. it like a weird scam? No, it was Cause, like because we went we went to the end seminar with all, and there was like a line of kids around the block. So they oh, were all really? there to audition. That probably was like pay five hundred dollars so we could set your kid up to audition. Yeah, it's probably a huge racket like that. I it was super poor, shady, but there was what are one they called like stage moms or whatever. Yeah, um, but it's another level probably in L.A. because you got film, you got theater. Well, you don't have that much theater. Well, and then you get you discovered, right? It's like that whole discovery process. Yeah, then you're going to be a child star, and then your life will be wrecked, and you're going to be strung out on drugs, and you're going to marry Kevin Federline or something. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, so it's probably good karmically just absolve yourself from that. But, you know, I had another friend who's actually my ex-girlfriend from many years ago, and she messaged me. She's like, oh, I'm getting – I got this great job. It's like $150 to 200 Sometimes, you know, they say you can make a couple thousand at night just depending on sales. And uh, all I got to do is sing karaoke. And I was like, really? Like, you just – you're going to go and sing karaoke. And yeah. she's like, well, yeah, that's just like karaoke singing. And then there's like karaoke lounges and it's a lot of Korean men. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, how, what? Like, like minimum $150, $200 an hour. So I like Google. And the, one of the first things that comes up is like karaoke prostitution ring busted in Korea. Shut town. up. Yeah. I was like, uh, yeah, I think this is not singing <laughs> karaoke job. Oh so apparently God. there's a whole underground racket of karaoke prostitution. Wow. It's a whole thing. And my friend thought she was getting like this job. So any job in L.A. that's going to promise like a certain amount of money mm-hmm. uh, and you have to look a certain way and show a headshot, just, you know, be be uh, have some discernment. Yeah. Uh, they may not ask you your hobbies, though, for the job interview. So that's a plus. Yeah. Well, that's good. Because um, usually crocheting. Doesn't matter. Is, yeah. You're like. Um, <laughs> wanted pro- crocheting process, pro- sex workers. <laughs> uh, but I, w- I do want to leave LA uh, overall thinking of the positive things, but I do feel like there's been some little signs. Yeah. Like between that helicopter just uh, two days ago, that was, it was like 20 minutes above our house, which is super normal. Mm-hmm. Like we have definitely my time in LA, my first two days here, I saw a dead body in Venice. Um, I witnessed a murder mm. a couple of years later right on um, right outside the what is it, the Pleiadium Pleiadium? The theater that's on Sunset oh, yeah. and like El Centro. There's like a there's a Rite Aid there. It's El Centro and I think it's Isn't Gower. That Hollywood? No, it's Sunset. It, it was uh yeah, it's, it was uh, I believe it was Sunset. Like yeah, near that Sunset. Denny's isn't Pretty close Denny's on to that the corner? Denny's, there's a Rite yeah. Aid uh, so that was the first shooting um, I ever experienced, which That's was wild. really weird because I saw um, who was the band? Oh yeah, there's a metal band um, uh, called Lamb of God. Mm-hmm. Now I've seen that band two times in my life. Once they opened for Metallica back in the day in like Virginia, mm-hmm. and there was a famous case where this woman went missing at that concert. Weird. And then they found her body like I don't know, it was a year and a half, two years, a couple years later. Oh. 
like I think I or even I had lived in LA and then I was like whoa this now they finally solved this horrific case and then I see Lamb of God not uh, in this smaller theater and fucking there was a shooting I like walked right through the line of fire whoa maybe 20 30 seconds before it happened oh my god and then all of a sudden you hear bang 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 and i thought i was like oh fireworks something and i like turn there was like some bushes it was probably um maybe 25 yards from like 75 feet or so and i could see the like flashes like the muzzle flash mm. But honestly, I just thought it was someone fucking around with fireworks. Yeah. And, like, it's not like in the movies where all this gunshot goes off and then people start screaming. Mm -hmm. Nobody really knew exactly, and your brain doesn't quite know how to process it. At least that was my experience, and that was everything that I saw around. It wasn't pandemonium when gunshots were going off. It sort of was like this freeze. And then I was like, wait, that's those are gunshots. And um, and then slowly you could see people start to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And then everyone started scattering. And I was like, oh, no, you're like, what is this like an argument? Is this like a mass shooting situation? Um, you know, do I run outside and then I'm exposed and vulnerable? Do I run into like Rite Aid that was like the closest shelter um, and then get trapped or some crazy stuff? And so I just decided I was with my buddy and we just ran into Rite Aid. Okay. And well, in my logic was, well, maybe there's like, a, you know, a, a canned, first aid kit. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good joke. You, <laughs> you should workshop that one. Thanks. Um, there, like, maybe there's like, you know, a can of beans or pickles that I can like throw or use as a weapon or right. hide somewhere. Like, you're you're not processed. Like, it's like you're like, what the heck? And so I'm like. Okay, I don't hear any cops, so I'm like, I'm calling 911, and I saw the security guard at Rite Aid. He was physically shaking, Aww. and he couldn't use his phone. He was, like, physically shaking, and I think they, he didn't get, wasn't trained for this. He's just getting yeah. paid to, like, guard Snickers bars, you know? He's not, like, murder shootings. Yeah. So I'm calling 911, and I was like, ah, there's a shooting, and they're like, well, can you give us your address, please? I'm like, my address? I was like, I'm at the right. Aid. Like, I don't, like, don't you guys have, like, tracking and all this? I don't know the address to Rite Aid on, you know, El Centro, Gower, and uh, Sunset. And oddly enough, though, they were like, okay. And they're asking me these questions, and everyone's freaking out. Then there's a whole line that didn't know there was a shooting. So there's just people standing in line at Riders ringing things up like normal. And I go by the cashier, and then there's all this stack of mail for Rite Aid. So I pick up a piece of mail, and I'm like, uh, and I have the address. (laughs) So I gave the address to Rite Aid. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like, everything's just, everyone outside is dead quiet. Then this, like, skater, like, surfer kid who's, like, Sean Penn out of Fast Times at Richmond High, mm-hmm. he, like, runs inside with his skateboard. He's like, my God. He's like, they're shooting everybody. They're dead in the streets. What's Why aren't there cops? Where are the cops? And um, a little bit afterwards, like, the cops started <sighs> showing up. How many people died? 
Well, two people were shot. One person was dead on the spot. The other person, last I heard, was in critical condition. I was scouring the news afterwards. I didn't find anything else. They actually caught the guy because he came back to the scene, which is really common in murders. Is it? Yeah, people go back to the scene. To seem like they're just a bystander? I don't know. It's this whole psychological thing. It's probably weird when you do that. Most murderers aren't like, I'm going to go do this. Yeah. Sort of in the moment, heated arguments. Yeah. Um, and oh, But that was like, and then we were waiting for a lift. We like called the lift. And that was when Lyft had those big mustaches on their cars. <laughs> do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, of course. I wonder if anyone, anyone old enough to remember Lyft <laughs> with the mustaches. And then the car came, and I'm like still fascinated and checking everything out. And then the Lyft driver's like, hey, y'all. And we're like, there was a shooting. And then we're like talking. He's like, all right, get in the car. I'd like to get out of here. <laughs> and he just like takes off. I feel off. like he's the most vulnerable with that with mustache, the mustache. On his car. yeah like if anybody should be shot <laughs> <laughs> it's that fucking mustache that's like the, took up the whole grill so um yeah so that was some of the craziness then just the amount of like police remember the SWAT team by our old place yeah that was like three blocks away we're the SWAT having team dinner like three times in LA but that was also like a SWAT standoff shooting the guy killed himself yeah. And then the next day, we, like, walked by the house, and you could see whatever chemical agents of, like, whatever concussion bombs or whatever they're throwing in there. You could see this, like, white powder stuff all over. You could see where the window, where the SWAT crawled up and, like, smashed through on the window. It was pretty intense. Well, I remember it was it was a guy. Wasn't he under witness protection? And it was then some crazy was thing. Paying. It was, like, Indonesian mob but it's amazing. The house was 25K house, a month. That's what I was just going to say. It was like literally two blocks from us. And we were in an apartment. And then it, that's the thing about LA. You go over two blocks and you're like, some guy's paying $25,000 a month for rent. Yeah. And one of those modern McMansions. Um, yeah. But that was like, that's just all becomes normal. I know. In LA. There's a, like, there's, I d- don't think anything like this is going to be happening in Vermont. No, even when we were driving just now, I was like, we're not, we're not going to see nearly as many cars as what we see every single day. One of the last times I visited Vermont pre meeting you, we were stuck behind uh, horses. There was people on horseback on the street. Oh my God. I actually have a video of it. I was like, Oh, the traffic in Vermont. (laughs) Um, Yeah. No need for that citizens app anymore. Nope. Uh, there's always something that keep you on your toes. I mean, Vermont, I mean, Vermont, uh, LA is just crazy. It's wild. Yeah. I mean, I'm oddly going to, going to miss all that. And simultaneously, I'm so excited for like mellow. Yeah. Peace. Chill. Just clean air. Green, too. fresh air every day, every day and not have to look for parking. Yeah. It's not ha- really not nice. get a park. The last parking ticket I got was because of the, I didn't, I have my parking permit and I didn't put it down. But I was even thinking it's going to be really nice for you to be downstairs and then I can be upstairs. So we oh, don't we're getting to, separate rooms. We yeah. don't have to be. No, I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> we've just we're been, actually getting separate apartments. We've just been operating. When this. we go out to eat, we get two tables. We get separate tables. Yeah. But no, we've just been operating in this one bedroom apartment where like you'll be in the living room. And then I'm in the kitchen and we could just have a conversation in 
in our two separate spaces, but I was thinking, oh. We're going to have to get an intercom. We're going to, yeah. I was like, I'm going to be upstairs. Um, because well, I feel like sometimes you just like to carry on conversations if I'm in the other room because it's just all the doors are open. <laughs> I do that. I do that too, but we'll just like, you know, we're just always communicating. Well, you're always so busy crocheting. So, so far, <laughs> this is the least mystical episode. Yeah. We jabbed on Libra. Should we get into a Libra bit. a little more? No. Well, no, I don't want to get into Libra. A okay. Um, I'll wait. We'll get into Libra next episode. Um, you know, the Aquarius the equi- episode is going to be like, there's going to be a baby. Yes, our Aquarian child. This is the dawning of the age of Aquarius, Donovan. Yeah. A lot of people message me that. Everyone's calling him baby Donovan now. I know. Um, I do actually would like to segue. This was my intention to segue some of the signs of leaving L.A. with um, the earthquake. I feel Mm -hmm. like the earthquake was California last little, like, see you later. Yep. Um. And then the helicopter that's pretty normal, but that was like right above us, and that was for a little longer. We haven't had that in a minute. Yeah. But usually once, usually about, I'm not exaggerating, three times a week there's something with helicopters here. Well, and the door. And now our door lock doesn't work. Like you, we can lock it, the deadbolt and stuff from the inside, but when we go back in, we have to go through the back door now because the lock won't let us in. We yeah. actually can't get in. It's like the energies, the the spirits of LA, they're locking us out. I know. They're like, get the fuck out, motherfuckers. Yeah, we're done with you too. Like what wimp ass little bitches. <laughs> yeah. Leaving and packing up, leaving hey, LA. Hey, we we had a good run. Had a great run. I love LA. Um, it's just uh like I said, we're gonna have a dishwasher now. Well, I feel really adamant about leaving October first because I arrived on October first, twenty eleven. So it's like a full that's, cycle. Yeah, that is super full cycle. So that's why I'm like, we gotta like make sure that we're on the road leaving LA. We just gotta make sure we're not in LA. Well, our lease is up, so I don't know where you think we're gonna be. <laughs> no, so I relax. Know. <laughs> like um, I just wanna be able to say that. Well, we have the tent. We just have the tent right outside. Build okay. a little cabin. Like okay. some of these homeless shelters. Um, I want to leave, though. A lot of people are leaving L.A. It is crazy. It's getting crazier. And there's a lot of things I don't like the way it's going. But ultimately, none of this is about leaving L.A. It's we're having a kid. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of opportunity. And it's time to set up shop in a totally different different part of the world really when you look at los angeles on the map the driving route and then to vermont you're basically going to the two extremes of the country we're going to the most northeast place for the most part and then we're coming from the most southwest corner right from the ocean yeah um so yeah it's pretty pretty wild but i think those little signs this is kind of what I wanted to talk about is like reading the signs. Cause I get a lot of DMS people have dreams. And you know, one of the things about being a mystic, the way I was taught, I feel like I've talked, I mean, I've definitely talked about this before. Have I talked about it on a podcast? I'm not sure, but the mystic in the magical tradition, it's the mystic that is the unifier. So it's the unity of everything. You take something like Pisces or is kind of the sign of the mystic, for example. And 
it's really recognizing there's no sort of outside. There's no separation. It's sort of all one, right? It's all one sort of cosmic unity. So the mystic is the unifier. The occultist is the like separator and the dissector. And so the occult is to separate the pl everything to sort of catalog and understand it and know it and then sort of put it back together. So it ties into a lot of alchemy. But when you're operating as a mystic where everything's interconnected and you go on the premise that there are no coincidences, you start to open up to the signs mm. and you start to read those signs and numerology in particular. It's my experience that numerology, like few other disciplines or spiritual practices, open up the signs I think that does it the most. Uh, there's probably other systems, you know, I don't use in different cultures, but within the context of everything I'm doing and teaching, numerology really gets that ball rolling. Mm. And so it opens up your psyche to that level of synchronicity. Mm -hmm. And there's always a secret language of the universe communicating to you. And as you start to sort of see and read those signs and get a sense whether it comes through dreams, whether it comes through numbers, you know, I've like gone on, like I've walked all over and I'll always find playing cards. I've literally found tarot cards. I'll find fortunes like from Chinese restaurants. In fact, when I was like flat broke and lost everything, I found this fortune. I was like, Oh my God, it's a sign. And the fortune said next month will be your most profitable month ever. And I like really needed money. And I was mm. like, and it was like towards the end of the month. So I was like, oh my God. Like, I think it was like in September. I was like, it's going to be my most profitable month. And then I read it at the beginning of the next month. Yeah. And it said next month <gasps> will be the most <sighs> profitable month you'll ever have. Like, what the hell? Like, that's what all those fortunes are like. That's why when you say affirmations, you say it in the here and now. Right. Like, I, <laughs> you know, I make $10 million a year. Not, I will make $10 million a year. Just say it in the context. So, you know, every month you're going to read that fortune and it's always going to be the next month. Oh. So I was like, wait, fuck this. <laughs> but back to like signs, you just start to get a sense. You read it and you're in touch with your intuition. Your intuition's in touch with that higher part of the universe and you're in this cosmic flow. Mm -hmm. And when you're getting that flow of, of destiny and synchronicity, the m level of coincidences and things opening up, it's nonstop. And yeah. then you also sort of read, maybe that's not a good sign. And I think there's a way to do it intelligently and rationally because some people get really caught up the other teaching in magic is too many people get caught up in obstacles mm. and they don't have endurance and power which we'll be speaking about the t on the equinox um which or we did we will speak on the equinox we haven't done that as of recording this but um like sometimes obstacles are meant to be tests and on the magical path, you will be tested mm. and that's how you grow. Yeah. So you can't always be working around and maneuvering around the path of least resistance. Sometimes you got to like stick to your guns and, and break the blocks. Yeah. I think moving was a big obstacle. 
Well, moving is just a pain. It's a pain in the ass. Yeah, but it would have been easier to just be like, let's just stay here. Uh maybe for you. I I was done. I mean, no, I'm the done. way everything's I'm changing. I mean, moving. I'm just saying I it felt like moving. an obstacle because it was you know when you look up houses to rent in Vermont, it says zero. <laughs> well, every, there's literally zero. So there were rentals. those obstacles that we had to overcome. Yeah, but you see, you're already giving up. I am a magician, and I use force. <laughs> no, I projection. didn't give up. I'm I, going. Pro- I'm going the, with you. The magical <laughs> path is about projection and force. Yeah, it's like people that want to check their astrology to see what their mood is. <sighs> like, if you really think about it, how disconnected are you from yourself? If you have to look at astrology, then interpret the interpretation to realize, oh my God, I'm in a ma- I'm in a bad mood today. <laughs> like, are you are you that unaware? Yeah, you know, like those are the things. So, no, man, the magician just says, hell yeah, I'm gonna move. It doesn't matter. It's paying the ass. Stop. It's sure. It's paying the ass. I've been loving it. Yeah. Like I'm loving it. Like even though I've had to go to Lowe's three times, highly <laughs> underestimating the amount of boxes and stuff that we need. Um, and it's it's a lot of work. It's paying yeah. the ass. You yeah. know, and the list of stressful things. It's like death, divorce, moving. Mm-hmm. You know, those are the biggie. Then uh, crochet. <laughs> it's very stressful. Didn't your dad crochet? No. No, what did a macrame? Oh, he did macrame. Oh, wow, Gina! Wow, you just insulted the whole family line. The no, whole business. I didn't. Crush. What was your dad? He was um, he was like a, a parking ticket officer. No. Yeah, exactly. All I'm no, I'm just no. Yeah, no crochet macrame mayor to parking ticket officer. Okay. Come on, please. okay, all right. That's, macrame is a high art. Yes. Actually, crocheting is pretty. There's all this too. like. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, I've never met somebody. You're just mad because I said it at a at a job interview. <laughs> you should have said macrame. You probably would have been hired. Yeah. Yeah, my dad uh, somehow had the projection to uh, create a reasonably successful business with macrame. Mm-hmm. Um, I met this woman in L.A. and her family wanted to disown her basically because she wanted to start. A business with macrame and it's like nobody could do that and then i i was like you know my dad had a successful macrame business and he yeah. employed half my family like my grandmother his sister and he had other people going to craft shows i was gonna start going to craft it was a whole thing he had an operation well your dad had a lot of 11s well and sag, and sag, sag. So yeah it's expansion 11s expanding number mm-hmm. um so I like her new address though. It's twenty two. That also really is one of the, that's like one of the heavy hitter numbers in magic. Yeah. And that's so tied into the hundred and twentieth day numerology, with uh, the start of it was Rosh Hashanah, the new new moon in Virgo, twenty two 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 was all over that, mm-hmm. and we're moving to. I meant to say that in that little talk. Our new address is twenty two. Yeah. I thought that was a good sign. Yeah. And then Tage was just randomly, quote unquote, randomly talking about 22. Yeah. So that like a little bit before we told that we revealed, we didn't even know actually at that point. No, not at that point. This all happened very fast. Mm -hmm. Um, This wasn't like a long plot and plan. It was like, oh shit, let's do it. And then it opened up and that was like, when I saw the address though is 22, I pretty much knew that was a sign. 
Although I did tell a story in the book about the time I switched flights. I mean, I switched seats on a flight coming from New York, going back to L.A. And um, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to switch from the aisle. There's a window seat because I just wanted to sort of rest, sort of doze off, chill. And I don't mind as long as I don't drink a lot of water. I kind of like a window seat. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I was like. Oh, this will just be great. And I was like, oh, it's seat number 22A. And I was like, it's a sign. I'll take that seat. And then it was like my worst flight ever. Like I sat next to a guy in a wife beater shirt. There, there should be laws. I don't care about the masks. People need to cover their armpits and their legs. Yeah. And when they fly. And there should be some decency of dress. You mm-hmm. can dress comfortably. You're going to be sitting on a plane. But, uh, so not only did he have that, he had clearly hadn't showered in a day or two. So, uh, he had a lot of body odor and then he ate, he uh. brought on food that no. was like, uh, it was like a, like a grocery store, soft bread, uh. tuna salad sandwich and bananas with a lot of brown spots. Uh. So the smells were horrible. And then the woman next to him had like teriyaki beef jerky. Come on. I am not making this <laughs> up. And I and then all I wanted to do was just get on a flight and like watch stupid flight movies and veg out and just rot my brain. And the the screen didn't work. <sighs> that's that's my life's a travesty. Oh my god. Things Wait. aren't so bad when that's your main problem. But I just thought it was funny cuz I kind of manipulated it and then I took 22 as a sign and then just nothing worked out on the flight. It's the point I'm making. But I felt like with this address, it was a sign. Because I didn't manipulate it. Yeah. Like, and this is, I want to get into one thing. Because I had a client ask me recently. They want to have a kid. They're like, what's the best sign? What should mm-hmm. we try for? I'm like, there's no best sign. Yeah. You know, I, I'm going to harp on every single sign. Because mm-hmm. it's fun. And it's, I hope, funny. And I will talk about all the good things of every sign yeah and you just i I feel like you just don't don't even bother manipulating i think trying to be like oh i want to have a scorpio or a leo or whatever a capricorn so they'll be successful or a pisces so they're like dreamy failures and (laughs) (laughs) you know or just a vapid libra yeah um Libras is an underrated sign because no one can put their finger on it. And mm-hmm. Libras make the world a friendlier place when it's yeah. good. But, um, but you just don't, like, put that in the hands of spirit and, the, and attracting a high soul. Yeah. You know, and the soul knows when they want to come in. That's like, everyone listening, you chose your birth. You chose the time of your birth. You chose your parents. And that's it. Some parents serve small roles like DNA and move mm-hmm. needed a vessel to incarnate. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes there's deeper connections. Yeah. But um, I just wouldn't strategize it like that because I feel like you're going to have a kid that I'll like smell like a tuna salad on like Ralph's brand bread and yeah. uh, teriyaki beef jerky. You're going to have a teriyaki beef jerky child. It's too much neurosis, Just let it, too. let it in because, um, yeah, you just, you don't know. Like, every sign can suck. Trust me. Yeah. Like, I love Scorpio. Or Scorp- your baby could come early like, or late. I love Scorpio, but then there's a part of me that, like, looking at all the potential charts in that time frame when our kid is due, like, you know, there's no, there's none of the, like, 
the deep mystical like Scorpio or artsy writer, Sag teacher, like all the things yeah. that I kind of am most drawn to. And yeah. Like. Um, and it's it. It's different energy fields. Yeah. This kid's going to be wondering why we're not in like, uh, why you're not wearing a suit. <laughs> why? Well, he's got a lot of, ca- there's a lot of Capricorn happening. Um, yeah, uh, maybe. That was almost just a little homage you to your, to your childhood. One. I wanted a f- dad who worked at a corporation and yeah. wore like polo shirts and khaki pants and had short hair and a career. Well, um, you have a father-in-law like that. <laughs> uh, he is a retired engineer. I don't know. Playing the harp for Oh, I was people talking about are... my dad. Oh, <laughs> your dad doesn't... Why? He doesn't wear suits. Yeah, he uh, does. Sometimes. thinking stepfather. Um... <laughs> He doesn't have a career. He has a. He helps run a business. Like what? Yeah. What are you talking about? Well, he, he wears polos. Yes. And he has short hair. Um. Yes. Finally, <laughs> I got the man of my dreams here. Okay. <laughs> it's because I was embarrassed and wanted to fit into societal norms that become the brainwashing of being uh, feeling uh, like a bit of a misfit in like public school. Yeah. I didn't feel like an outcast. Like, I had friends and stuff. Like, I wasn't. But just, like, I felt this pressure and obligation to somehow try to prove, like, maybe my parents were more successful. Although my dad did okay. Like, now as an adult, I'm like, somehow my dad created a successful business with freaking strings and beads. Well, I always wanted my mom to, like, be really into dresses and high heels. And I always was wondering why. She's a lesbian. Yeah, but all with but short she, hair. No, but it's not. Uh, but she's she's tall. Your mom is so macho. No, she's not. <laughs> no, but she was. I said that she for was in case tomboy. she listens to this episode. No, but she played. She played volleyball, softball. Well, softball. She was, was my softball. Did coach. she play field hockey? No. Okay. Well, softball. Basket, was she played clue. basketball in college, yeah, high school, college. It's all the clues are adding up. Um, yeah, but I, and I always wanted her to to. Like, I always wish we like went shopping together. As if it were like, we were into that. <laughs> uh, well, she's I love very sporty, athletic. Just, yeah. Um, I'm kidding. Your mom's your mom. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you basically you wanted a, you wanted a, you wanted a, sh- she just, a straight femme mom. Yeah, and she just she just like rode her bike all the way through Croatia. I mean, she's pretty impressive. Uh. Yeah, I wanted a corporate dad. Yeah. Um, I think our dads have some similarities. Mm. Your dad is not that straight, though. I really wanted, like, a straight dad. Like, uh, yeah. does your dad play golf? Yeah. Your mom plays golf. Yeah. My yeah, mom's I, actually, what I a wanted, better golfer than to my be dad. honest, what I wanted in my dad, it was probably your mom. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> so your mom would have been the dad of my dreams. Yeah. <laughs> So that's that's what I want. Um, yeah, and my then, dad's pretty eccentric for like a guy that lives who was like the mayor and works at a real estate office. Yeah, he's a pretty open-minded guy. Yeah, this will be a, a, a good little eccentric mix of grandparents. I feel totally. like you got like the the heart playing chaplain guy, mm-hmm. my crazy ass hippie mom <laughs> who basically just loves gardening. <laughs> um, and then oh, my mom likes to garden too. Oh, she does? Yeah. Okay. Um, and then, 
We got some, my mom is the most active person ever. We got some lesbian ever. mom. We got lesbian grandparents. Mm-hmm. We got your gay brother. So we got gay uncles, essentially. Yeah. I guess everyone has a gay uncle. Yeah. Um, Even if they don't know it yet. <laughs> right. <laughs> totally. Um, if, well, I'll just, if Tom is around, we'll just consider him. Yeah. Um, so you have like incredibly good looking gay guys. Totally. Like astrology. Yeah. Um, and then your dad and stepmom. Mm-hmm. Like mayor. Mm-hmm. You still, your whole family though is like in public school. Yeah. It's like my worst nightmare. Well, then we have Anna, David. Yeah, well, I'm an only child, so <sighs> nothing on my side. No. They're just going to stop talking. No, there's a thing coming through. Do you hear that? think so i don't know i don't know um no i only paused because i was like wait you're only listing my brother because like for the token gay uncle (laughs) it's like we're not listing the other siblings (laughs) no i'm just saying a diversity he's well aware of anna she was already visiting she's yeah (laughs) i'm just saying uh yeah it's just an eccentric he has a russian aunt True. There's Russians in yeah. the family yeah. that have KGB ties. Ex- this is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> this kid is coming into a real exciting um, incarnation. Um, and then parents who don't even have jobs, really. Yeah. <laughs> who work? We're gonna. I'm gonna interview him though. When he's a small child, I'm gonna be like, "Where do you see yourself in five years? <laughs> what? That would be really cute. What ticks you off?" What inspires yeah. you? We're gonna hand. We're gonna get a third mic. Why were you born? <laughs> <laughs> Why did you choose us? Yeah. How come you chose this date? Why did you want this astrology chart? Okay, can you please record this with him in like five years? This. Oh with, yeah, we can do these? this. That Let's would be do this so episode. cute. Um, as soon as he could talk, I'll ask him these things. Yeah. I don't want to ask really what the hell does he want to do, but what do you want to be when you grow up? What yeah. did you, you wanted to be a shopper and a glamour. You wanted to be glamorous. No, I actually, I really wanted to, uh, I wanted to be an actress. Did you ever take an acting class? No. Nobody really wants to be an actor. But that's why. I don't believe it. If you really wanted to be an actor, you'd be like, you know what? I love acting. No, but that's why I, I've, I've, reconver- I've converted into I wanted to be a sophisticated woman. Yeah. That's what I wanted to be when I grew well, up. Well, that seems fine and noble. <laughs> what drives me crazy is people think they want these things. Like, acting is an art form. Yeah. You know, I, I, even I could say growing up, even though my dad stopped acting, like he was like going to Stanislavski acting school in New York, and um, my uncle has been in all those Broadway shows. Like, they did it because they felt a real draw to the art. Well, can I just say something? Because I feel like me saying that was more of like, uh, I was maybe sort of reaching for something that I do now, which is more of behind the scenes. Oh, I wasn't even talking about you. Well, I'm just saying, I feel like maybe the part of me that was like, I want to be an actor is just watching the Academy Awards when I was a little kid and being like, what are those people But that's do? what I mean. You don't want to be an actor. No, you but I... You want the glamour. And all yeah. of these people come to L.A., they think they want to be actors. What they really want is that glamour. And then occasionally, like one in a thousand, you meet someone who actually just 
wants nothing more than the art of acting. Right. This is when I was a kid. But what I'm saying is now, maybe there was a part of me that was tuned into what I'm doing now and what I did, what I have been doing, which is working on set behind the scenes. Well, again, you're just making it about you. All right. Yeah, you're in development. I'm just trying you to like, justify how about my this? childhood dreams, you like, okay? Just, you know, childhood dreams, <laughs> let them all die, okay? You're all, nobody knew what the hell they were or what, what they wanted, so. Yeah. Um, you like story and creativity and art. Mm-hmm. That's a job, especially in L.A., but at least we build things up and we could take these jobs anywhere. Yeah. And you're still going to have all your freelance, and it, it's great. Like, I'm grateful. That's why I finally took to heart this, the teachings and magic to create your own business. And now the way the world is going more than ever, we're seeing how important it is to have autonomy and personal empowerment. Yeah. You know, all the coercion, you have to do this and these and stick this in you. What happened to like, if you don't, if I don't stick this into you, uh, you're going to be fired. Mm. You know, and now they're just sticking something else or you'll be fired. So, you know what? I'm not playing that game. I'm so glad I finally, like a few years ago, I kept pushing, like, you know what? I need to get my own thing and I want to be <coughs> independent of anybody else. And now it's just adding up so much more. And I was telling this people, I was telling this in the beginning of the pandemic. I was like, people, you got to focus on your finances. And now it's like for all these other reasons Yeah. and personal empowerment. So I'm still going to encourage that. I'm going to you know, really focus on that. And granted, LA is a great city to take. LA is, I'm so grateful for LA because it's a city that you can absolutely monetize your skill sets and come into a thing. Yeah. Um, It's a little easier here, but we're in a new paradigm. And the Aquarian age is you can really monetize you being you. And I want to encourage everyone listening and what you need to be is you being you and you just share and some level, if you share what you really love and is true, people will be drawn and want to be a part of that process, mm-hmm. you know, and that experience. It's like, we have a really good friend uh, who loves baseball yeah. and I couldn't care less about baseball. But when he talks about baseball, like I want to go to baseball games with yeah. him or to Dodgers games because I enjoy being a part of his experience of joy about baseball. Yeah. So it makes it like really fun. Mm-hmm. And so the way he will describe baseball and all the science and that is advanced in pitching technology, for example, never would have given a time of day. But like that's the thing. It's just, you know, baseball is baseball. He knows it's like a fun pastime. But – I like the new paradigm of success is like get into something yeah, and share it. And not everything's mo- going to be monetized, but you always want to, you will notice you want to be a part of somebody's process if they're really sincere about it. Mm-hmm. It's like those YouTube videos of that guy smoking cigarettes. Oh, I yeah. I showed you, I don't know his name and I don't endorse smoking at all. But he's like so into cigarettes. But I'm like watched some of his videos because I was like, wow, this guy just loves cigarettes. Right. But I enjoy being a process of his process of love of cigarettes. 
my favorite YouTuber is Hopefully simply... Hopefully love cancer, too. Yeah. It's simply Paula, where she goes on a little New England John's with her daughter, who does not want to be filmed, and she just takes... Hold on. <laughs> she... I discovered those videos. <laughs> simply Paula, tours of New England. Yeah, and the shots are all really bad, and she'll get little... Sometimes her daughter will take the camera and start narrating, Um but she's, you know, she's kind of mumbling. She's a little mumblecore about it. She doesn't really... Without trying. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty bad. It's fascinating. <laughs> but sometimes those things are so good. It's like, it's like so off the mark. It's so sincere. Like, you're just like, this is all so wrong. I know. Like, every part of it is bad. But it's so much better than someone who's, like, trying to do, like, a glitzy, high-polished, narrated video. Like, they're trying to appease the crowd. Yeah. It was like that four-wheeling video we watched last night. That guy was so happy driving that truck through the breaking ice and, and mud and snow. He was in like two feet of water. He was so pumped. And he just was smiling. You're like, I, I mean, granted, I do want to get into off-roading. Yeah. So I'm I'm interested in the subject. But I would encourage people to start to say, you know, like what what is what do you really love and what do you share to have a what are you looking at and what do you love to have a greater experience of yourself ultimately people will often want to participate in that i'll find myself participating in things i'm not interested at all just because somebody it's like the baseball like i'm mm -hmm. really so not interested in sports yeah but i, I just participating in that person's greater experience of what they really enjoy gives me a greater experience of my joy, my experience. So yeah. if you start to look at that and what you're monetizing mm -hmm. and what you're selling, uh, be good at it, be interested. Some people are just, they love selling, so it's not even the product itself. So it's a new paradigm, and that's what's valuable is that greater experience of yourself. And if you're doing something that gives you a greater experience of yourself and you share that, it can often do really well. That's like new, new formula of success. Yeah. So you don't have to trick anybody. You don't have to rig the system. You don't have to play the game. You know, that's fading away. It reminds me of those brothers that always stand on the side of uh, Rosewood and Fairfax selling their t-shirts and they just have such a great attitude. And I remember we, when we met them, we're like, those guys are going to be like multimillionaires. Yeah, they're still hawking t-shirts. So. I know, but... <laughs> um, they are very nice. They're trying to cash in because we live in the Supreme Huff Dope Hundreds yeah. golf section of the world. Mm -hmm. There's like documentaries made on our neighborhood of all these clothing lines. Golf is pretty cool, actually. I don't know that I'm drawn to any of these clothes, but it, it is very interesting to me what a lot of these companies have created. Yeah, I actually... Rip and Dip seems totally Well, fake. Tyler, the creator, started golf, and he lives in our neighborhood. We've, we've we been on walks, and we've seen him. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So I appreciate we him probably won't for see that him reason. in Vermont. No. We're not going to buy any Supreme. I doubt he'd even do a show in Vermont. There are no shows in Vermont, are there? Uh, Maybe Burlington? Yeah, Burlington. Fish got started in Vermont. Oh, I was just thinking like a larger scale stadium or auditorium. No, Montreal. That's the cl literally the, that'll be our that's our closest city, which we if they ever open. Go. Yeah, 
we'll probably never see Canada again. In our oh lives. man, it's just going to be like a communist prison. Oh. Um. So yeah. So normally we'd be like, let's go up to Montreal. There's like a great show, and we could see Nick Cave probably. Oh yeah. And hang out and yeah. You know sort of cosmopolitan city yeah escape the maple syrup i've always wanted to go to montreal yeah well toronto got your fix i got my fix in toronto my venus line's right in toronto yeah oh well we should end this how how long have we been going one one hour and 18 minutes come on what (laughs) (laughs) we've just just been rambling (laughs) yeah we said nothing mystical Uh, you went a little mystical you should but, probably uh, say some positive things about Libra. Uh, not yet. I'll okay. save it. All right. Um, I did. I said one nice thing. Okay. But uh, we, Gina and I will be driving cross country, and we actually planned our trip around a lot of our astrology lines. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to hang on my sun line again. Yep. I'm all about, like, career, being seen, being known. So sun line's perfect. Mm-hmm. We're gonna, but you have a Venus Sunline conjunction, mm-hmm. which we're gonna cross. It runs part of it runs through Lake Michigan. Oh yeah. So we're gonna like we're cross. I think it's Lake Michigan, and then, um, but it's all in that area. Yep. Kalamazoo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I actually really want to go to Kalamazoo. I'm most excited for Detroit. Really, I'm Kalamazoo mostly because of the name. Yeah. And uh, I don't know what your Detroit fascination is. We do have a friend there. Um, But your lines are before Kalamazoo. Okay. And then we'll hit your Mercury line. I have to see again where that is. Because these lines will go straight down the planet. So, like, my sun line hits. Basically, my sun line dissects, runs right through America. Mm -hmm. Smack dab. It cuts America in half. Wow. It's the power of my sun line. Damn. Um, and then we'll hit your sun line, Venus. Yes. Good for love. Yeah. We'll hit my Venus line. It sort of kind of goes We're on gonna an We're going to be so hot. And then my Venus line too is part, <laughs> it, 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 we'll cut across it. And then, um, I forget where your Mercury is. I know my mer- part of my Mercury line is in Atlanta, but we're going to be up north. But I'm going to hit it because mm-hmm. I want to spend the night on these lines. Because yeah. my Mercury line, Mercury's communication. So you look for your Mercury line if you want communication. I have more books to write. You know, podcast, Mercury. We should record an episode on our Mercury lines. Yeah. And then uh, Venus is going to, Venus is all things sweet and nice. Venus rules Libra. Libra can be sweet and nice. Mm-hmm. For some reason, a lot of Libras in society take on the less nice part of Venus. But really, that's why also Libra, we were kind of joking, but it's true. It's a pretty energy field. Yeah. You know, and it, it has it still has aesthetic. But the two uh, Venus signs are Taurus and Libra. My joke is Taurus loves stuff and Libra loves people. Mm-hmm. And those are the two areas, shiny people or shiny things. Um, that's where the negative side of Libra is bigger, better party. Right. Uh, ooh, shiny person. Ooh, new boyfriend, new girlfriend, new person, new mm-hmm. whatever, I'm, whoever I'm attracted to. Um, but really it's about the other. It's the, a place in our evolution. Libra is where we start to share with the world. Right. So it's where we meet friends. Mm-hmm. This is where we start to connect and a lot happens. It's just, this kind of less tangible sign. Yeah. 
Um, but Venus line, yeah, it's attractiveness, it's aesthetic, it's prosperity. And uh, what other lines I think we're hitting? Those are the main ones. You live on your Jupiter line. Right here. now I do, yeah. I don't even know. My Jupiter line's like not around. Mm. I got to go to like South America. Okay. Um, And then I got to go to South America. But to we're going to be like close to our Neptune lines in vermont yeah which is meditative it's very peaceful mm. probably sleep really well i sleep great but yeah yeah you could sleep through anything i do not sleep well in la yeah uh there's always like a noise there's a thing i've just kind of gotten used to it but mm -hmm. six hours i am done mm -hmm. i just get up sometimes less um but so I'm just telling people, like, check out your lines. I just, just Google, asked because I got so many questions from the last episode. Free, like, astrocartography. You'll get this, like, astrodenist is what I've looked at. And mm. you just put in your birthday. And then all of these lines will show up. And you can scroll into submenus, North America. I'm going to put the them. link in the show notes so people can access it. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. Um... I was hoping to give people a little challenge, like, because magic <laughs> is about challenge and overcoming Well, I want them to look at the show notes it. anyway, so they can see some of the sponsors. Yes. Um, your Jupiter dad sent us money for the trip. I thought it was for sponsorship. No. I was, like, disappointed. It was just free money I wanted to work for. No, he wants you to go out for a nice dinner. Um, he wants, This time he yes. said we can both use it. He did? Are you sure? Yeah. Some One time he sent Remington a card, and... It was seventy. He sent him a seventy-five dollar gift card. He told he said, me, "Do not spend it on you." Yeah, do not and allow I didn't. Gina. <laughs> well, I don't want to dishonor him. <laughs> He's the mom I've always wanted. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, but what I'm saying is, if you're ever doing like, especially if you have the advantage to, or you're in Europe or wherever you are to drive, America is kind of cool because you literally a cross-country trip. And there's so many different states and little sub sort of cultures in a way. So America's great for road trips. That's yeah. for sure. You're going to like a road trip in uh, England. You're like, all right, you know, a few hours, you're done. Um, but uh, we're going to hit our lines. We're going to yeah. stay or do something significant. But what I was trying to say, too, is like you hit your Pluto line, you could potentially lose it all. Meaning if you're not living up to your destiny. So mm -hmm. if you want a destiny shakeup, hang out on Pluto. You want a healing, like deep healing, you may get sick. Go to your Chiron. I live on my Chiron and Pluto lines here. Um, I haven't been sick in years now. And then um, Uranus is like very unstable, but you can upgrade and, and open up to like crazy high, sort of your highest technology in mm -hmm. a way. Mars is like great, like workout, you know, but Mars line, you know, you could be pissed a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, lines I would want to live on overall. For, I, I'm a Sunline fan, but not everyone wants to be like out there as much as maybe I do. But Jupiter, Venus lines, those are going to be some of your nicest lines to look for. Yeah. I'm a fan of the Sunline. No lines is good lines. And a lot of lines can mean past life stuff i wouldn't want to live on a ton of lines mm -hmm. it just this too mu might be too much going on yeah but if i'll look at astrocartography and i'll see a section some people i pretty much predicted that somebody i looked at they had so many lines between 
uh, Scandinavia and England, I was like, I, or I'm sorry, to Iceland, I was like, uh, I bet you they were like a Viking and died right there in the ocean and Whoa. had a past life right there. And um, turned out even in this lifetime, the person is from like Viking lands, their ancestral heritage. Really? So, yeah. Um, and then that same person, they're like real fortunate. Jupiter line was like in Yemen. <laughs> Like, eh, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if we want to. May not be visiting that one yeah. anytime soon. <laughs> yeah. Um, pack up and move to Yemen. So you kind of, you know, taking in stride. But I do notice these lines will really activate things. And because we're driving across country, let's make the most of it. Definitely. So, but w we kind of got lucky because it's like Venus, Mercury. We do a lot of communications, sun lines. Uh, so I think a lot will open up. Yeah, and then one more thing I want to mention I'm going to start doing is putting your, uh, you can pre-order your book. So I'm going to put that in the show notes too. So if people want to buy your book. Oh, yeah, I'm going to create, I want to do it. like a, a, a big sort of free book launch slash numerology workshop slash online party. I'm going to do stuff in person as well. Yeah. Around, I'll probably come back to LA, but you know. Every place is just different with COVID and restriction and blah, 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 mm -hmm. blah. Um, but yes, so the book's coming up. Yeah. Um, I think now is the time to end, though. Yeah. You got anything else? No. You throw in there? Knitting, crochet, mm, macrame? No. So anything that involves hobbies with string? Mm, nope. Okay. I'm good. All right. Uh, this show is brought to you by... Nicki Minaj's friends, cousins, cousins friends, testicles, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and my book. Yeah. All right. Let thy soul be awakened.